Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Well, a terrific Tuesday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 coming to you live at Oilers Nation YouTube channel. Check it out. Hit the subscribe button. Your chance. Going to give away a pair of uh, tickets to uh, tomorrow's preseason action. Uh, will be the uh, first preseason game this year for McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl going up against the uh, Canucks. Can the owners put up a 10 spot on them? Uh, you never know. Ah, hey, speaking of uh, putting up goose eggs, the uh, owners put up one last night in uh, Winnipeg. Not a real shock when you look at the roster that they had dressed for that game in Winnipeg. Um, it's a reminder that uh, preseason, it's not about results, right? They, they'll look at certain players. You know, Raphael Lavoie, we'll get into him and a few others a little bit later on. Uh, remind you that the uh, the Gregor Show, as always, is presented by PlayAlberta.ca. They now feature hundreds of player props from the biggest leagues on the planet. Football, hockey, basketball, baseball. Sign up today and uh, use the promo code SPORTS50 and you'll get a $50 free bet. So uh, check it out right now at PlayAlberta.ca. Of course, uh, the Jays back in action tonight as uh, they try to uh, clinch a playoff berth. They can't do it tonight, but they are getting closer. Take care of business against the Yankees, win at least two out of three, and they should be in a very good spot for the uh, final weekend of the regular season and then uh, move on to the playoffs because they'll face Tampa Bay in the final three games of the year, and they should be probably playing Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs, and Tampa Bay is banged up. So we'll talk about that. Also, of course, uh, the orders. what did you make of that game last night for those of you that watched it? Uh, uh, there wasn't a lot of positives to pull out of it, let's be real. Right? There wasn't a whole bunch of, of positives. I don't know if there was any individuals that really stood out. I, I thought Lavoie had had a, had a decent game. Like he didn't show poorly. I noticed him, and and that's what you want. Sure, you'd love to score, no question about it. But uh, overall, I thought it was okay. Well, Broberg made some plays at times. Right? Didn't uh, you know? Philip Broberg's game is not one that I think is going to necessarily be standing out. Offensively, and as long as he doesn't stand out defensively in a negative way, then it's okay. 
But I, clear, I think it's obvious. And now that the organization, you know, like, hey, you're 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 going to get Broberg every opportunity to to show well here in the preseason. But if he doesn't, to me, like I've said before, he's got to. I think he has to outplay Vincent DeHarney. I really do because the Oilers. This is not about where you were drafted. I don't. It doesn't matter. Honestly, it doesn't matter. I think it matters more to some fans. We're like, yeah, but we wasted a pick on Broberg. It's not a wasted pick. He's not a bust yet. It's not a sprint. But if DeHarnay, who's a right shot defenseman, is better suited to play right defense more than Broberg to start, that's just how it goes. And that doesn't mean that Philip Broberg, now, he hasn't had as quick of a start to his NHL career as Matt Boldy and some other players. That's fair. But that doesn't mean he's a bust. There's two different conversations here. Two different conversations. I, I think saying he's a bust, honestly, is one of the more idiotic statements I've heard. If you want to be frustrated and say, oh, I wish I would have taken this guy, fine. But to call him a bust is is simply false, and it's it's grossly, grossly premature. <laughs> right? That's, that's a fact. So if there's anybody that uh, you liked or maybe didn't like, there, there's not a lot of guys who are really in the running to, to get a spot on the team. Right, like, did Adam Ernie do anything for you to say, "Ooh, geez, I think this guy's really going to push"? Not really. Right? Kulak and Cece, they were okay, not not horrible, not great. You know, that's a pair that you know won't be playing top pair minutes for the most part. I'm not even sure there'll be a pair in the regular season. We'll have to see if Bouchard and Nurse are going to start the season together. Nothing wrong with that. Actually, I can see why you'd try it. Keep in mind that then Bouchard's going to play a lot of tough minutes, and that's okay. But that just goes hand in hand when you partner up with Darnell Nurse. You're going to face a lot of the uh, the top minutes of other teams. I'm pretty sure Darnell Nurse has played the most minutes against elite forwards the last few seasons in the NHL. Check it out at PuckIQ.com. You can uh, find it out there. So we'll get your thoughts in the uh, text line. 833-401-1440 is where you can uh, text the show. Uh, we are going to get some questions. Big fantasy trade I want to talk about today. Uh, also, uh, NFL last night. Um, I wouldn't say it was a star-studded games by any stretch, right? Uh, Philadelphia takes care of a uh, business over uh, Tampa Bay. Like they look good, you know. That's that's not a surprise. But since uh, he, hey, they got a win, and at this point, that's all that matters. But that was far from you know a riveting game. Bunny stretch, right? Uh, 19-16 over the Rams. I needed T. Higgins to get me one catch for three yards in the last 25 minutes of the game. Didn't happen. One catch for three yards. Are you kidding me, T. Higgins? Come on. Brutal. Anyway, I'm sure some of you are in the same boat. Other uh, news and notes. Ryder Cup will talk a little golf today on the show. Should be uh, nice. Uh, Sean Brown will be by, of course, former uh, NHLer. Get his thoughts on on a lot of stuff. Uh, get his evaluation of uh, of some of the young uh, D men for sure. Also, we will uh, preview uh, some uh, NFL kind of recap the weekend. Look ahead. How about this? There's four teams that are winless, and they're all playing each other. Well, I shouldn't say they're all. They're two games involving the winless team. So, we barring ties, there will still be two teams looking for their first win after week four. 
Uh, Dave McCarthy. We'll talk uh, all things NHL in the uh, three o'clock hour. Strutty will be by with Struds on at four twenty. We got Spec uh, DVD. Uh, also, uh, Jason Wad will join us. We're going to talk a little golf. Also, some uh, fundraising opportunities uh, for your for your sports team locally. We'll get to uh, all that coming up at around uh, three two forty on the show today. Text already coming in. 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Stop in today for a full synthetic Pennzoil Platinum oil change. And when you do, you're going to get a $20 digital gift card for one of 30 different merchants. You get to pick which one you want. Support local. Go to JiffyLubeService.ca. Hey, boys, how does Broberg's development compare to Clefbaum? That one comes in from uh, Tony M. Tony, it's a... You know, that's an interesting question because Clefbaum, if you recall, was it was a 19th pick in the first round in 2011. And uh, then his draft year, after his draft year, he played 33 games. And the following season, he was in uh, Sweden again. He got hurt. He only played 11. So he played two years in Sweden after being drafted. So kind of like a kid, let's say, from North America, then spends two more years in junior. That's essentially what happened, except he was playing pro hockey in Sweden, but only played a total of 44 games in those two years. Then he came to uh, Edmonton and really started the season in uh, in OKC, did get up at the end of his third year. He got into 17 NHL games. And then the uh, the following season, he started in the American League and then came up and played 60 games uh, in year four, and then he was a regular. Keep in mind that he joined a bad team, right? That's the difference. There wasn't a an experienced Darnell Nurse, Matthias Ekholm, and Brent Kulak ahead of him on the left side. So Broberg was drafted in 2019. Then he played uh, two years in Sweden, exact same as Klefbaum. Then he came over to the NHL. He played 31 in the American League and uh, 23 for the Edmonton Orders. So if you look, Clefbaum had played 17, Broberg played 23. Then the next year, Broberg played 46, Clefbaum played 60. And then the uh, third season in the NHL for Clefbaum, he played 30 games and got hurt. So if you look at it from a... Now, Clefbaum did have 20 points in his uh, 60 games. Broberg had eight in 46. So a little bit more offense from uh, Clefbaum. Unfortunately for Clefbaum, you know what, uh, that injury, he had had a shoulder injury before, then he got hurt in 2016. Then he did play the whole full season in 2017. That was his best year in the NHL, no question about it. And the orders were good. So it's close, but the difference is Oscar Clefbaum was on a, a team that did not have guys that he had to beat out. Right, There weren't three experienced left defensemen ahead of him on the depth charts. He came in on a team that made the playoffs. If you look at Clefbaum, in 2014, they weren't a playoff team. In 2015, they weren't a playoff team. In 2016, they weren't a playoff team. 2018 and 19. So five of his first six years, they weren't a playoff team. Broberg, they've been a playoff team his first two years, and obviously they're going to be a playoff team this year in his third. So to me, that's the difference. When you look at their development, I think it's fair that you have to at least acknowledge that Phil Broberg's coming in on a harder lineup to crack than Oscar Clefbaum. Now, that doesn't mean that that he can't play better. Don't get me wrong. I just did. Hey, guys, I actually like Picker despite the score from Steven Drumheller. Yeah, I thought he played fine. 
Right, he's. You know what? Uh, I thought Roderick played really well. There. You know what? The, the order is AHL goaltenders look pretty solid. Nothing wrong with that. So, hey, Gregor, if a player lets his entry level contract lapse without re-signing, is he a free agent, or does his drafted team team still own part of him? Well, it's essentially, when your entry level contract comes up, like Raphael Lavoie, uh, a team a team can qualify you. And if they qualify you, they still maintain your rights. If they opt not to qualify you, then you're a free agent. That's how it works. You, you don't just magically get to become a free agent. If the team, they either choose to qualify you. If they don't, then then you can become a free agent. That's how it works. So keep in mind, like, drafted players who haven't signed are different. NCAA players who don't sign with the team. After a third or fourth year, depending on their age and when they're drafted, all those sorts of things, they can become an unrestricted free agent. If you were drafted out of the CHL and then do not sign a contract for two years, then you would go back in the draft. And if you're too old, then you would become a free agent. It doesn't happen very often. The the the, the latter one, guys going back into the draft because they were unable to sign a contract with their team, that's happened. So... That's how it goes. So. Right? If they don't qualify you, you're a UFA. Like, look at Raphael Lavoie, for instance. The orders, his entry-level contract ended. The order sent him a qualifying offer. And once they qualify him, they, could, they would maintain his rights. Now, he opted to sign the qualifying offer. You could not sign it, and then you negotiate another contract. Those are those are really the options on uh, how it works. Cons, uh, what did you make of uh, the? I know you were uh, down at the brew house uh, North End yesterday, uh, g- giving away that uh, that food platter, not food platter, but the barbecue all, package, like the barbecue package. Oh, it's pretty unreal. Yeah, you get like eight steaks, eight burgers, hot dogs. Yeah, it's a really good package down there. Congratulations to Alberto who came down in, uh, you know, Cowboys fan. So. He was probably a little bit upset with how the Cowboys performed over the weekend, but he won free meat and a chance to go to the Super Bowl in Vegas. So, yeah, it was a it was a kind of a boring night in the NFL. For being totally honest, oh, I yeah. mean the the Rams Bengals game was just boring. Two touchdowns. That's not what we're expecting out of Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, two teams that met in the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. Philadelphia, I think for them, they just got the job done. Did what they had to do. Uh, DeAndre Swift. He was just slicing up that Buccaneers defense. That Philadelphia offense is fun to watch. Obviously, we know they've got the receiving options. Now they're starting to show they could run the football. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to be certainly a dangerous team. It seems like we've got the the meeting of the Niners and the Eagles in that NFC Championship game. Just just pencil it in because those are the two best teams in that conference. But yeah, overall, always a good time at the Canadian Brew House, even though the game wasn't too good that uh, capped it all off. Well, you look at uh, next Monday night, it'll be down to a single game. The Seahawks and the Giants will be the uh, the Monday nighter. This Thursday, pretty big game, I think. The Lions and the Packers, that actually should be a pretty entertaining game. So. Yeah, big implications, that one, too. I mean, yeah. the Packers not out of it. The Lions obviously trying to, to win that division for the first time in a long time. That's yeah, a big game. Yeah, but without a doubt, the game of the week is Miami and Buffalo. No question. That is going to That should be a slobber knocker of a game. No question. 100%. Yeah, say another one, though, with that divisional implication. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun to see if Josh Allen can match up with Tua in that offense in Miami. Hey, Jason, please remind Connor that Tua is Justin Herbert's daddy from Dustin. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, Tua's playing really well, buddy. Tua's playing. Hey, if they had Justin Herbert in that offense, they would have scored 80. Oh, come on. Because Justin now. Herbert can throw it further than 50 yards. Never oh, forget. Oh, jeez. I love Tua. I've ne- Hey, I don't know why oh. I'm getting the hate. I, I support Tua. I'm not a Tua basher. Uh, are you saying Tua's arm, he can't throw more than 50? I think there's a cap to how far he can throw it. If he could throw it over 50, uh, but the how, Dolphins would have won by multiple points against the Chargers. Multiple scores. How often do you need to throw it 50 yards in the air, realistically? I mean, if you have Tyree Kill and Jalen yeah. Waddle, you should do it a lot, I oh, think. Okay. Although they seem to score 70 points without <laughs> yeah. doing that. I was just so, saying, hey. he just put up 70 points, which hasn't <laughs> happened since 1966, and you're saying, well, if Herbert was there. Yeah. But the other thing I, I noticed was, Miami's doing something that no other teams are doing is the amount of times they're putting guys in motion. You saw Troy Aikman talking about essentially kind of, you know, it's not the CFL waggle, but it's pretty close. And why aren't more teams doing this? Like the CFL has been doing this for years. Now you're allowed to do it to the extent, but it's just like Miami's like, oh, we have fast receivers. Well, the NFL's always had fast receivers. It's kind of mind blowing to me, but you watch. I think there's going to be a massive amount of teams saying, okay, like if you're the Minnesota Vikings, and you look at Addison and Jefferson, why aren't you doing the same? I don't know. I really don't because, I mean, we talked about it after week one when Tyreek Hill went just absolutely crazy against the Chargers. I don't know how you stop it. You try to play press coverage on that, you're likely going to get burned. You sit back 10 yards knowing that he's going to be going downfield with a whole whole head of steam, and he's just going to break it off, and then he's going to you know humiliate you after the catch. So... I don't know why more teams haven't started to do it. Every team seems to have one of those four, three, forty guys on their roster, whether it's a kick returner or a receiver. Tyree Kill is obviously going to make it look a lot easier than it is, but I would say that uh, in the next little while, we're going to see that a lot more. Yeah, like look at Cincinnati. You got Higgins, you got Jamar Chase. Do it more often. Like figure it out. Uh, the the playbook is there. The blueprint is there on what Miami's doing, and it's exceptional. And and not only that, it really helps their run attack. Like you look at the numbers and what they're doing on running plays when they have guys in motion, and they're absolutely killing it, and they're doing it way more frequently. So those are some things. Uh, we'll we'll go a little bit deeper on that and more in the NFL. Uh, day off today for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. They'll be on the ice tomorrow getting set to take on the Vancouver Canucks. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are expected to make their preseason debuts tomorrow. If you're going to the game and if you want to go to the game, go hit the subscribe button, Oilers Nation YouTube channel. Because uh, we'll give away a pair of seats for that. As you're listening to the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live on Sports 1440. Welcome back. Tuesday afternoon on the Jason Greger Show. Uh, Sean Brown, of course, our uh, Tuesday co-host, will be uh, by. Khan's uh, still working out the the ghost of the board, eh? What was that? <laughs> was that a sign? Was, was that a, a ding that we're ready to roll? Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> it's nice. Don't worry. Hey, I haven't said the uh, the former three letters once this week, so that's a big <laughs> that's a big step in the right direction. So we'll see. It's, of course, it's only Tuesday. This is the Gregor Show on Sports fourteen forty presented by PlayAlberta.ca. It's time now for the NFL report, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. No overtime charges. If all of a sudden furnace conks out in the middle of the night. Call Legacy. They'll come fix it. No overtime charges at LegacyHeating.ca. And uh, to break down uh, more of the NFL, uh, Ted Newen joins us from The Athletic. Ted, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? Good. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Um, 
I'm really good. Uh, I would be better if the uh, Bengals offense would throw the ball to Higgins. Just one catch for three yards. It's all I needed in the last 25 minutes, but it didn't happen, Ted. Um, but I, I am interested when I look at a team like Cincinnati, when I look at their receivers, and then I look at the Vikings with their receivers, and then you see what the Miami Dolphins are doing, and they haven't taken a page out of the CFL playbook per se, but it's somewhat similar. They're getting guys in motion, and it's it's not only helping them in the receiving game, it's really helping their run game. How long do you think before other teams are like, we've got to follow this and do the same thing in our offense? No, it's already happening. You see it all over the league. The Niners are doing it. The Rams are doing it. All the Shanahan McVay disciples are putting it in their playbook. Um, so, so I see it a ton around the league already. So teams are already copying it. It's not quite as effective, you know, when you have Tyreek Hill who runs a you know four two doing it. Um, but teams are taking advantage of it, and it's creating spaces, and uh, it's giving defenses a headache to try to adjust to it. Yeah, like they are doing it, but but they're not even doing it remotely at the same frequency, right? Like I was, there was a chart I saw, and like Miami is the massive outlier, way up there. Like on fifty percent of the run plays, they're even doing it. So it's not just helping the receiving game; it's really helping the running game. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, you know, motion was always a big part of uh, Shanahan and McDaniel's system. Uh, but this new kind of out motion is just, it happens so quickly that defenses don't really have a chance to adjust to it. And, you know, sometimes they're over adjusting to it now and it's creating uh, lanes for, for the running game. So uh, it, it, it's pretty fun to see. And yeah, Miami is just way out there as far as committing to, to using motions. And, um, you know, it, it's not just as easy as copy and pasting. Um, you have to have an idea of how defenses are going to adjust out of motion in order to take advantage of it, which is why uh, it, it's it's hard to emulate exactly what they do, yeah. but teams are copying it in, in smaller doses. Yeah, I, I think it's going to take a lot of work. Maybe it's an off-season uh, project, but I, I suspect due to the success they're having, like 70 points, Ted, I know I saw some people complaining, oh, it's embarrassing your opponent. Give me a break. Uh, what are, your backups are supposed they're, they're paid to play the game. They don't get in very often. So I loved it. And I just, I wonder if, if this is a small sign that, uh, you know what? We saw it last year. There's a big uptick in offense. Well, it really, it's been for the last decade, just to some of the rule changes. But even more now, you know, we're seeing more teams gamble on fourth and short and different times, uh, different places on the field than ever before. I just, I think offense is going to continue to rise and, and with it, just the creativity of it. And I, I don't know if it's fair or not. But do you think it's like, can old coaches have success, I guess, unless they're willing to really change? No, I think, you know, obviously there's there's value in old school thinking and uh, some tenets in the NFL. But it's the coaches that are embracing analytics, that are embracing uh, modern schematics. Those are the guys that are going to, you know, keep pushing the game forward and, and the guys that keep refusing to are going to be left behind. And uh, I, I did the story talking to several uh, analytic departments and coaches around the league. And, you know, there, there are even older coaches that are starting to learn about analytics and starting to put that into use too. So it, it seems like, you know, everybody's moving forward a little bit. I don't think there's many guys that are just, you know, refusing to, to look at analytics at all, but there are some guys that are, moving towards it a little more slowly and they're just not giving that edge to their team. Ted Newen joins us from The Athletic. The Broncos, the Bears, the Panthers, and the Vikings are all 0-3. The Bears and the Broncos just got absolutely crushed this past weekend. They all play each other. The Bears versus the Broncos, the Vikings versus the Panthers. 
Um, like I, I, I don't think it's a shock that the Bears are 0 3. It's disappointing, yes. But to me, the most disappointing 0 3 team, not the worst team, but the most disappointing, has to be the Vikings because they have more talent. They shouldn't be 0 3. Yeah, but I think if you you paid attention to um, last year and how they were 11 and 1 in close games, and they had such unbelievably good turnover luck that you could kind of see that regression coming. You know, the, you could kind of see that. Um, because that's usually what happens when the team has really good luck in one year when it comes to what close games and and turnovers and that that kind of thing. The next year that reverses and regression has come to the you know hit the Vikings like a speeding train and all those breaks that they got, all that tur- the turnover luck that they had last season is reversed on them and they're not getting those breaks and. Um, they're losing games because of it, and um, you know that, that's just kind of how it goes. That the Vikings were an incomplete team uh, last year, and they might even be a thinner roster defensively um, this year. So uh, it is disappointing, especially with the record they had last year. But you could kind of see it coming if you paid attention to the numbers. If you look at the Broncos, man, like. I remember when they made that trade, there's lots of people saying, I think Russell Wilson's best days are behind him. And others like, no, nah, no, nah, he's going to come in. And yeah, they struggle. But now they brought in Sean Payton and things are going to be way better. Well, three games in, Ted, it hasn't looked much better. It's arguably looked worse. What is wrong in Denver? And it, can Russell Wilson salvage this season personally and as a leader on that team? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think Russ will ever reach the level of play that uh, he, he had in Seattle. I don't, I don't think he'll ever live up to that contract. Uh, but I, I do think he has played better this season. We see flashes of the old Russ. Uh, his, his numbers are better. He's not turning the ball over as much. He's not getting stacked as much. Uh, he's actually playing really well when um, the plays are scripted, the first 15 plays that – uh, teams usually script in the beginning of the game, and then after the script, he's, he's kind of struggled. Um, but I don't, I don't think the offense is the big problem in Denver. It, it's the defense. Last year, under Everett Evero, defensive coordinator that went to the, the Panthers in the offseason, they were a top-five defense. And this year, with a close to the same roster, they are nowhere near that um, level of defense. They are a, a bottom-tier defense, maybe one of the worst in the league. Um, after being one of the best last year, and you know they just gave up 70 points against Miami, so the, the offense is slightly better. I mean, there there's a very low ceiling they could reach. I don't think they're going to ever be considered good, but they have played better. But the the defense has just been atrocious, and I think that's one of the biggest surprises of the, the year so far. Ted Newen joins us. Uh, Ted, uh, there's four teams winless. Uh, there's three teams undefeated. The Dolphins. The 49ers and the Eagles. Who's the best? I, I like the Niners. You know, I, I think the Niners are a top team just because of how well-rounded they are defensively. Um, their run game, obviously, is one of the best. And obviously, they cannot, they're, they're not the explosive passing team that, uh, passing team that the Dolphins are. Um, but you know, Brock Purdy is an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he actually has gotten better than he, he uh, than he was last year. Obviously, you know, it's kind of a natural progression going from a rookie to second-year player. I think there's room for him to improve. And, you know, I think teams are, you know, it, it, it's hard not to put them up there, the Dolphins up there when they just scored 70 points. But um, like I said, I think the Broncos defense is pretty bad and things kind of snowballed. And I don't want to 
give him too many props for for uh, a one game outlier. You know, I think they're going to score a lot of points, but they're not going to put up seventy. Um, I if they do well against a very good Bills pass defense, I could put them over the Niners. But right now, I just think the Niners are a better, more well-rounded team. Well, they look really good. Um, is there anything about Miami, like their offense is obviously withly good. Is there anything about Miami that gives you concern? Um, you know, last year it was their offensive line, but I actually think that they've improved on the offensive line, especially as run blockers. You can't just sit back and pass defense because then if you do that, they could run the ball on you like they did against Denver. They almost got 300 yards rushing against them. Um but I, I would say pass protection. You know, I think if you could make Tua hold the ball, can the offensive line protect him? Um, but it's hard to do because he anticipates as good as anybody in the league right now, and guys are getting open as fast as anybody in the league right now. But if you can make him hold, hold the ball and, and, and pause, can you get to him? You know, I think that's a question that um, is yet to be answered. Ted Newen joins us on Sports 1440 and live on Oilers Nation YouTube Ted, it's funny because there's lots of teams that I'm not really sure they could go either way. Like the Cowboys look great in the first two weeks and then, you know, not so great against Arizona. Arizona, you look at the record in the first two weeks, people thought, well, geez, you know what? They could have won those games. They played fairly well and lost. But then they found a way to, to beat Dallas. Uh, who are kind of some of those two and one or one and two teams that, first of all, that you think are a legit team that's going to be even better than what their current record states? Sorry, you say, did you say one and two teams? Yeah, the one and two teams. Three teams. Yeah, the one and two teams. Oh, yeah, I think the Chargers um, have a chance to, to make some noise. I mean, their offense looked really good under Kellen Moore. Unfortunately, they lost Mike Williams, but yeah. their offense wasn't the reason why they were losing games. It was because their defense and one game was against Miami, who we just talked about, who's an absolute buzzsaw, and, and they just gave up some inopportune explosive plays against the, the Titans. But I think their defense has a chance to kind of steady itself as the season goes. I don't think they're going to be a good defense, but if they could get around 20th in DVOA, then with that offense, I think they'll have a chance to to be good. I mean, I think Justin Herbert is just playing out of his mind right now. That game against Minnesota is one of the best games a quarterback could play. He just made some unbelievable throws. So uh, I I think they they are a one-two team that could make some noise as the season progresses. There, there are a few teams, like, I, I don't know, and it's so early, Ted, and I'm, I'm sure you've crunched numbers a lot. It's like, it's still too early to say for sure about some of the middle teams. They could go either way, and obviously one or two injuries, but like a team like the Colts and the Saints are, are two and one, the Buccaneers, the Commanders. Out of those four teams, who do you like the best? Saints, Colts, Bucks, Commanders, and why? Saints, Bucks, Commanders, and who's the fourth the, team? The Colts. The Colts. I, I think the Saints, just because they have a legitimate defense. I mean, they haven't. Their defense has not given up uh, more than twenty points since Week Eight of last season. So they have a legit defense. Uh, Derek Carr's injury is not serious, so he's going to come back. And I think he, you know, he gives their offense a baseline play um, with the weapons they have around him, where they they could be, you know, a, a dangerous team to play for for anybody. So uh, I think, yeah, out of all those teams, the Saints have the best chance of um, getting to the playoffs and maybe make some noise in the playoffs. 
A lot of people, Ted, would say the Jets season ended in the first four minutes of game one when uh, Aaron Rodgers went down with injury. And, you know, I don't know if you saw the video that sideline Wilson basically stating he doesn't think his quarterback can throw the ball. Things are definitely not very rosy in New York. Uh, 31-year-old uh, Mr. Simeon is in for a workout. It's likely going to be added to the roster. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, what did you think of that decision? Like, that's the quarterback you would go get. Do you think uh, now, supposedly Matt Ryan was on record saying he wasn't interested in going there, and I could maybe understand why, but did you see any other QBs you would have looked at instead, or is Simeon just the best available option? I mean, there's just not a ton of available options right now. And, you know, there are the old veteran guys like Matt Ryan. Some guys connect, you know, Phil Rivers to, to them. But, I mean, when you look at that Jets offensive line, you need a guy that could move around a little bit. It, it, it's one of the worst offensive lines in the league right now. Um, so I could kind of understand why they would want Zach Wilson out there because he could move around a little bit at least. But, you know, obviously he should not be the long-term answer. This defense is too good to keep trotting him out there. But there's just not a ton of options. You know, I, I think Gardner Minshew is a guy that may be available later down the line. The Colts keep losing game. If, if the Colts start losing some games and Anthony Richardson comes back healthy, maybe you could private pride Minshew from them with with a draft pick. Maybe Kirk Cousins becomes available if the if the Vikings keep losing games. Um, you know, but right now there's not a lot of guys guys available later down the line. Maybe those two veteran guys could be on the trade block um, and you know maybe the Jets would be willing to give up a lot for for one of those two guys because you know they need to do something to salvage the season Ted uh, it's early on it's always excitement in the uh, NFL we appreciate your time thanks for this yeah no problem thanks for having me on that is uh, Ted Newen from The Athletic uh, Connor Halley was raising the roof when uh, Ted mentioned uh, the one and two chargers as the team that uh, he thinks is better. And I think that's probably fair. I think the chargers starting zero and two, although Connor was quietly rooting for them to maybe lose just so he could get rid of his coach. But uh, you know, something tells me the chargers can easily turn things around and, and, you know, push for a playoff spot easily. Like the season's far from over. You win this weekend and suddenly you're two. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Too, but I, you know, the Colts, the Saints, the Commanders, cons like those are teams that like Washington's got lots of reasons why you think, hey, you know, they're all right, but none of their offenses really to me. I don't. The reason why I'm not sure any of them are that good because I'm not sure their offense can compete with the with the real competitive teams. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they could be playoff teams. The the Saints could win their division, but you just don't like their odds when you're going up against the Niners with Shanahan, the offense they run there, Jalen Hurts and the offense they run up in Philly. Uh, I mean, those are two just, I mean, they're the top of the class in the NFC. There's other teams that will, by default, make the playoffs and, you know, be good football teams. But, yeah, the Saints, we'll, we'll see how they do. Carr is out with the, the shoulder injury, so they're going to have to rely on, you know, the combination of Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. I don't think Sam Howell's the guy with the commanders. I think there's too many questions there, despite, you know, they have built up a pretty good team. 
it's just there, there's no one even close to the the Niners right now and the Philadelphia Eagles, in my opinion. I mean, the Cowboys run defense. We've seen them get gashed a little bit. They got to fix that up before they get uh, can be taken too seriously. So, yeah, I think it's a two horse race in the NFC for for the time being. Jason Greger, Connor Alley with you. Hey, boys, Russell Wilson has a 99 uh, QB rating so far. He's playing pretty well, and that comes from a Raiders fan from Martin. Yeah, but I just look at look at Denver's second half in week two, cons. It was a like you had that game in hand and completely fell apart, did nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, last week against Miami didn't really do much. So, yeah, the, the yards, I think he's like sixth or eighth or something, sixth, seventh, eighth in passing yards and sixth, seventh, or eighth in QB rating. And, you know, he's only thrown two picks, six touchdowns. So he's not playing poorly, but when they've needed him at a key juncture, I don't find he makes the play. Yeah, I mean, the close game against the Raiders, that that's where they needed him. And he, you know, the, the statistics were okay. And the game against the Dolphins, I mean, they had to pass the ball, right? So your numbers are going to be inflated when you're trailing the entire game. Kind of gets out of the Broncos' game plan, which I'm sure they'd rather run the ball a little more than have Russ do it. He's been okay, but, you know, the when when their season's gone as poorly as it has and they've lost in the fashion that they have, heartbreaker to the commanders and then getting absolutely demolished by the Dolphins, I mean, there, there's a lot of problems there in Denver that they got to figure out. 241, Jason Greger, Connor Halley, with you on Sports 1440. Uh, when we return, we're going to talk a little uh, Ryder Cup. Also, uh, Ryder Cup, but also we're going to combine in an opportunity for, uh, for your sports teams to uh, have some fundraisers. And an event that began last year that will be back this season and was very successful. That's coming up next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We continue on, Edmonton sports leader. Sports 1440, how are you? Jason Gregor, Connor Halley. Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca, and we are coming to you live from the E-Well studio. If you're watching online, you can see the logo right behind me, E-W-E-L.ca. We'll give you more than premium quality electrical products. If you're ready to elevate your project, reach out and Ewell can help lead to your success. E-W-E-L dot C-A. Coming up after uh, 3 o'clock, Sean Brown will uh, join us in the studio. We'll talk about uh, Philip Broberg because that's a hot topic amongst uh, hockey fans. And, you know, Sean Brown is a young defenseman. Just learning that position in the NHL is extremely difficult. And Broberg's played a grand total of 69 games. Nice. Now, hasn't played a ton of minutes in those 69 games, which I think is a factor. So games played is one thing, yes, but getting a little bit of ice time can help in situation. And remember, being on a good team is different than breaking in on a bad team. Sometimes as a young player establishing yourself in the NHL, it can be easier on a bad team. Then you get in, you get more comfortable, you feel confident. Where you go. Now, some it doesn't always work because I've seen some young players who are on bad teams and they don't have success because sometimes the bad team overplays them and they just get their lunch fed to them every day. And then they like, look at, look at Arizona, for instance. Look at the success of Anthony Duclair leaving there. Right? He's one. There's lots of other examples. Arizona's had a few of them lately. Young draft picks. Uh, if you, if you give players too much when they're not ready for it, they can sink. For sure. Now let's uh, let's talk a little golf from uh, Cattail Crossing uh, head professional uh, Jason Wawad joins us. Jay, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? 
Are you guys can you hear me? We can hear you just fine. Yeah. Hope things are uh, hope things are good. Uh, yeah, really good. Nice. Uh, I, I want to. I guess let, let's start quickly. Uh, are you a Ryder Cup guy? Do you get fired up for the Ryder Cup? I'll be honest, Jay. Ryder Cup is probably one of the best things for me uh, as a golf fan for sure. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I'd put it on the same level as the Waste Management Open, uh, but it's pretty close. I love it. If you're if you're uh, uh, just kind of a, a new golf fan or you haven't watched uh, a lot of golf on TV, I would uh, recommend the Ryder Cup uh, as a way to get into that. It's just a great kind of team atmosphere. Uh, the crowd is losing their minds, uh, and every match and every shot matters, so it's great. Is there any matchups you're looking forward to? Yeah, I, you know what? I don't think we know them yet. I was looking for the schedules. Okay. I know that uh, they come up, they, they start the four ball uh, on the 29th, and it's kind of strategic in uh, how the uh, captains uh, create their groups. Yes. And I don't think that information's out yet. I'm not 100% okay. sure. I haven't seen anything. Well, okay. Because so. I, you know what? Uh, I just, for some reason, I was like, well, hey, it's coming up this week. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it comes out on Wednesday. Some golf nut will know about it. But I'm yeah. always intrigued by it. You know, there's certain guys that, that just, and it's funny about this tournament, certain formats really appeal to some players better than others. Yes. Like the four ball. So four ball, simple. Uh, you have two, two teams of two, uh, and everyone plays their own ball and it's whoever has the best score within the, within your team, uh, counts for your team. And, uh, if your score is lower than the other guys, you win that hole and it's, uh, it just goes back and forth. So it's really good, especially with the skill that these guys have. Um, it takes a little bit of the pressure off, but not really because you want to do really well for your country and for your team. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a great format. Uh, then they go into foursomes, um, where it's two man teams and they play one ball per hole and it's alternating shot. And then the big one, when they end up, uh, which is singles matches you versus, uh, another player from the other team on the final day. And it's unbelievable. So it usually comes down to that and it's great. Jason Wad joins us. Uh, Jay, in golf, a lot of it's, you know what, showing up with your best at the right time. Uh, there was lots of courses that, ha- that have men's and women's leagues and they had their men's championships or their women's championships here the last few weeks. And I heard a rumor. I need you to confirm because when I heard the score, I was like, that, that can't, that can't be right. There's, there's, there's got to be a misprint somehow. Was this score different? But, uh, our buddy Gord Shamahorn actually shot a 78. Is that that is the rumor that I I was not there to clarify or to see every single one of the seventy eight shots, but he did say he had to put everything out and he was one hundred percent within that seventy eight and and there were a couple people that were able to verify it so uh, I think that did happen. It's amazing. I did not think that was possible. So. Okay. All right. Well, that's, I, I would, I'd like to need to see a check. And that wasn't a handicap because I'm sure like he's, uh, that's got to be his best score of his life. So uh, good for him. It's, I guess, I guess he showed up at the right time. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Got to give him credit. Now, uh, for Cattail right now, you guys have uh, 50% off golf uh, Monday to Thursday for the diehard golfers. Uh, How's the course playing for, uh, I guess, late fall conditions? It's in unbelievable shape. It has been all year. This is the best shape. Uh, we've ever been in and you know we're so excited still to continue to offer this right till the very end I know last year we were the latest 
course open. Uh, we went till November the 7th. What? Uh, so for those, yeah, November 7th, we were open till last year. That was our final day. Um, it gets a little dicey in the mornings. It can be cold. We don't start till, you know, 10, 30, 11, but we were open on November 7th last year. Uh, and hopefully if the weather goes uh, well, We'll be doing that. But, yeah, 50% off. We've had it all year long for the most part. Uh, it's been unbelievable. People have enjoyed it. The course is in the best shape it's ever been. Uh, and you get a $5 food and beverage voucher with that uh, as well. So you can't beat it. Now, are you at Cattail Crossing uh, last year? You guys had uh, outdoor golf in the wintertime. You, you actually construct, because I know one of your owners, Mark, like he's big into construction. And so you guys built essentially an outdoor winter kind of mini golf course. How did it go? And are you planning to bring it back? We are. And it was unbelievable. It was Ryan and I, my associate, had an idea uh, just to make a tiny one out on the, the ice there with a couple two by fours, uh, and some snow and some water. And, and Mark got a hold of the idea and thought it'd be a great thing for winter activities. Uh, because once again, we're a winter club, not just a golf club. Uh, so we've got cross country skiing. There was ice curling. Uh, and then actually there was actually ice tennis. I'd never seen this before. Guys on hockey skates playing tennis on ice it kind of blew my mind i'd never seen anything and then of course our 18 hole uh mini golf course uh we had two companies two uh design companies build each of the nines uh and then it was built uh and it was awesome we had school groups uh lots of, of families and teams and and lots of people came down i think we had over five thousand people uh take it in so it was a real big success and we're looking to learn what we had last year and build off that and uh excited to look and see what it's going to look like and you and it was at night time correct it was yeah you yeah. could play at any time we had lights uh going around the entire course um and you could use even some of the glow in the dark balls that we have uh but it was just great when the weather was great there was tons of people out we had a little area where you could there was a fire going you could get some hot chocolate uh and a beverage or two a hot dog uh and it was just a great uh something different to do uh in Edmonton in the winter so Jason Awa joins us from uh Cattail uh Crossing uh, Golf and uh, Winter Club. And uh, you guys are a winter club because not only do you have the golf and you have the outdoor golf, you have the massive uh, outdoor uh, ice rink that uh, you have. And you, you open it up to teams. You have a fundraiser for not just hockey teams, any sort of sports teams. Uh, tell me a little bit about your fundraising options. Yeah, you know, once again, it's our great ownership. They want to really support uh, the community the best that they can. And, you know, rather than just sponsoring one team uh, for the season, which a lot of businesses do, we wanted to bring in as many groups as we can and encourage you to use the facilities uh, that we have. So it's it's very simple. If you want to sign up and get a hold of that, you can just get a hold of me. But uh, the details are the minute you sign up, Cattail is going to give you $300 for your team uh, just for signing up. And then at the end of the season, anything that you or anyone associated with your group uh, spends, and when you come to Cattail, if you come for a dinner or maybe you host a Christmas party or you do a team builder or whatever, anything that anyone associated with your team spends, you get 5% of that back towards your team as well so you know even if your grandma and grandpa eat here and they mention your team that's going to go towards your team so once again we've got uh, a great banquet hall that we rent out for uh, different team activities uh, or christmas parties we do amazing christmas parties as well uh, and then we also have the rinks uh, 
Uh, we have team meal packages. So if your team wants to do a team meal out, which a lot of teams do, we have great uh, packages for that. Uh, and then also any kind of sponsorship uh, that you're looking to hold. We do a lot of pub night uh, sponsorships as well. Uh, and so that's something that your team can take a hold of. So once again, just by signing up, you get $300 and you have the opportunity uh, to earn 5% back on anything you spend over your uh, season. So a great program for everyone. Great stuff. Uh, once again, it's easy to find us. Go to uh, cattailcrossing.ca. Uh, check it out. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, half price golf. And uh, hey, uh, I, all the golfers are hoping that uh, you will be open till November 7th this season. So are we, Jay. So are we. Hopefully uh, that will be the case. That's that's our goal. And hopefully the weather cooperates. Awesome. Have a good one. Enjoy the Ryder Cup. Thanks, Jay. Have a great day. That is uh, Jason Wad from uh, Cattail Crossing. Uh, if, if you haven't tried the outdoor golf, it was amazing. In the wintertime, it was phenomenal. We went and played. My, we had an absolute hoot at nighttime with the glowing balls. It was awesome under the lights. Like, think about it. One of the greatest parts of playing shinny hockey is when you're outdoors under the lights. Right? It's one of the, as a kid, it was just like, oh man, this is big time. And, and that's really what it is. For fun golf, you're outside, you know, it's obviously we went when it was, I think it was like minus five. So you know what? Uh, just wearing a pair of long underwear, no big deal. And it was loads of fun. So if you're looking for something different, that's a cool activity. And then, you know, you mix that in uh, with your sports team, whether you got a soccer team, hockey team, whatever you want to do some fundraising. It's kind of a cool way to do it. So check it out at Cattail. Coming up, Sean Brown will uh, join us. <laughs> We might have a story about Dante's today on the uh, show. How many of you, were, Connor, do you remember Dante's? Were you, were you old enough to go to Dante's on the West End? As a West Ender, I'm familiar. Never was old enough to go. Been to a couple of the, uh, the secondary, you know, when it became other places, Tilted Kilt and, uh, I think it was a few other things. Oh, God. But not Tilted Dante's. Kilt. Oh, yeah. Dud. <laughs> not a long lifespan there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we, we might have a, a Dante story. I got to, uh, I was chatting, uh, last week with, uh, Brownie's lovely wife, Wendy. She gave us some really good ammunition for the next few weeks on the show. Can't wait. Look forward to that. Uh, he will join us after. A sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, your structural engineering specialist. Whether you're in the process of a rental or building your dream home, BIE can help you out. Go to BIEENG.com. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.